All right, everybody, welcome back to the Millennial Sales Podcast. Your host, Tom Malabo. This is a show where young salespeople come to learn everything they need about the sales journey. Um, and so I'm excited to be here today, Wednesday, February 23rd, ready to get into it. Got a great interview today with Torrance Hart. Let me tell you about Torrance Hart. Uh, Torrance went straight into the Air Force after college, spent about seven years serving our country. So a major salute to her and, and her sacrifices. She came back to the U.S. and didn't really know what to do. Wanted to start a business, wasn't really sure what it was going to be. Ended up starting Tweak and Twine. <laughs> Ended up starting Teak and Twine. Uh, it's a little bit of a tongue twister. They helped to send gifts to customers and prospects uh, that absolutely wow them. And uh, it's something that you should definitely check out in this virtual world where we're not taking people out to steak dinners or coffees or out to drinks uh, at all, or, or certainly not as much as we used to. It's a great way to build relationships, a great way to break through the noise. And so we talk about a boatload of things. We talked about you know, what Torrance learned in the military. We talked about uh, the four-day work week that her company started, which is really cool. We talk about um, real data and stats and tactics around sending gifts uh, that are more than just like your average, you know, gift card to Starbucks or whatever it might be that can, you could really take into the field, which is super interesting um, and everything else that you need to know. So there's a lot that we covered. I love Torrance's energy. I loved hearing her story as a budding entrepreneur myself. I learned a lot from her. I think you will too. Um, before we get to her, I'm going to hit you with a 17 second message here that I would really greatly appreciate you to subscribe wherever you're listening, review the podcast if you have a minute, and hit me up on LinkedIn. My name is Tom Alamo. All of that helps me to create better content, get better guests on the podcast, make a bigger impact. So thank you for supporting the show. Now let's get to my interview with Torrance Hart. Let's go. All right, Torrance Hart, good morning. Welcome to the Millennial Sales Podcast. How are you? I'm doing great, Tom. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to uh, excited to chat with you and learn from you. Um, where where are you in the world, in the COVID world? I always have to ask folks. So we are in Washington, D.C. And COVID world-wise, we come to work every day. We wear a mask. And... We're vaccinated, but that's kind of where we're at right now is trying to keep everybody safe. And because we actually make a product that we have to ship every day, we have some leeway with working from home, but at a certain point, you got to come into the warehouse and you have to get gifts made and get them shipped out. Hmm. Yeah, I miss that. I mean, that's that's a whole different you know, world than like if you're selling software like I am, I mean, you just really need a laptop. Um, but I do miss the interaction, like the day-to-day -day, um, type of vibe and getting in and seeing people. I've been, uh, some of the listeners probably know, I go to like a WeWork once or twice a week just to get, <laughs> just so I can get out of my apartment uh, and it. like see some new people and, you know, interact and stuff like that. So um, it's just always interesting to hear how people are, if people are working from home, obviously you're in the office. Um, so that's cool. Well, a little um, asterisk there. I think like a lot of companies, we are experimenting with a four-day work week. Are you? So everybody works from home one day a week and everybody is off one day a week, not necessarily the same day across the company so that we can have that production and shipping ongoing. But so far, so good. I have to say it's great. So, okay. So tell me about that. So People are in the office three days and they work from home one day and then they're off the fifth day. Exactly. But it's all different. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And what do you have? Like, do people work particular hours on those other four days? Like, do they work a little bit more or how does that work? No, you know, so far we don't have any changes in hours. I mm. think it just felt like the right thing to do. It felt like the way the world was going I think of running my business as creating my own utopia and mm. worktopia is something we talk about a lot here at work. I'm trying to create worktopia for myself and my team 
And four days a week sounded like Worktopia. And so we're experimenting with it. So far, the output is the same. Productivity is the same. Everyone's a little bit happier. And so we'll see how it goes. Interesting. I love that. I've, I mean, I've obviously seen articles and things like that, but I haven't actually spoken to anyone that does it. Um, so that's super interesting. Do you, I have to imagine maybe the, the, the rules are a little bit different for you as the founder. Do you still get, do you get the extra time off or do you find yourself like still kind of like digging into stuff on like day five and maybe even day six and seven sometimes? No, I'm really sticking to it. And wow. what helps is I have two kids and they know that on Monday I don't work. And they expect us to have a fun day together. <laughs> Party time. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So not saying I've never done some work after bedtime. Absolutely. I'm kind of a night owl naturally. And uh, so that's definitely happened. But so far, it's possible. Now, one giant asterisk on all this is not Q4. Mm. So as a gifting company, the holiday season in Q4 we jokingly call it like our Olympics and Super Bowl <laughs> smashed into one five days a week in the office every day during Q4. It's this incredible time of just insane pace, insane busyness, but really enjoyable, I think, because everybody knows it's a sprint, right? And we're sprinting together. There's a definitive end date, December 22nd. Yep. And then we can go back to filling our gas tank. And, you know, we don't have work-life balance in December, but over the course of the year, we have it. Mm. I love that. And I think that's a lot more manageable when you know there's an end date to the sprint. I mm -hmm. think that's fair. And I think people actually can get geared up for that and, and enjoy it. It's when it feels like, Every day is the sprint. And as a salesperson, oftentimes it's you have a quarter, right? You have your quarterly quota or whatever it might be. And you get there and you, you know, bust your ass all quarter or all month mm -hmm. or all year. And then you hit it. And then it's like the next day, you know, your boss is like, well, you're back at zero. Like, let's do it all over again. Um, and I think that's not every company, but a lot of companies operate that way. And that's why, you know, we see so much burnout. We see so many mental health issues. Um, you know, the list goes on on people just, you know, drop off on productivity. They sometimes drop out of the profession. Um, and so I think trying to have that balance that it sounds like, you know, you have like for three quarters of the year, it's, you know, it's four days. Um, there's a lot of balance. And then like, Hey, we have these three months where it's just crazy and we're all going to gear up and get on the same team together and like really go for it. And then be able to, you know, relax and celebrate and, and everything like that. So I, I think that's, super healthy. I feel like that's where the world is going and you're on more of the cutting edge of it. It's definitely more fun. And I mean, I used to run track and let's be honest, you cannot run a marathon as fast as you can run a 400 yard yeah. race. And that, you know, we really can sprint by definition in end of November, December, because everybody knows, right, there's that end date and that they are going to get the rest that they need. I'm not going to show up in January and say, let's do it again. No, we we do have that time to, you know, we're still working. It's just right, four days right. a week. Right, Come on, right. everybody yeah, exactly. can do this. Yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, we don't need to get too far into it, but the five-day nine to five also is just like, that was made up for assembly workers. You know, if yeah. you work better and you get your job done in – four days and 20 hours or six days and a hundred hours. It's really about, in my opinion, for the most part, doing the actual work. I mean, there's, there's some jobs where it's, it's hourly and you need to be there, but for most corporate people, especially if you're a salesperson, um, you just get the job done. Right. And so it, it, it shouldn't matter, at least in my opinion, for the most part, what the hours are, how many days it is. Um, as long as, you know, you get your job done and, you know, you, you provide what, you know, you're getting paid for and, and all those different things. That's just my opinion. I completely agree. And I think so do a lot of other people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I want to, we, we jumped into this. I want to take it, take us a step back. You've got a really interesting story. Um, you know, coming straight, 
I, I think out of school into the Air Force before you jumped into entrepreneurship, it sounds like you ran track as well. So maybe like let's let's take the the ten thousand foot view. Walk me through um, the military background and and how you got into that. Absolutely, it was such a cool adventure. So after college, uh, I did. I commissioned in the Air Force and spent eight years in the Air Force working as a finance officer and an intel intelligence officer. I got to live in three different states. I got to deploy three different times. It was exactly what I was hoping it would be, which was just an incredible adventure. Everyone says this about the military, but you meet the most amazing people. Mm -hmm. You get to do the most exciting things. And it was such a great adventure. And, you know, we can talk about this separately, but the further I get into my entrepreneur journey, if you will, the more that I find myself thinking back on my time in the Air Force and reaching back to lessons I learned in the military. I can tell you right off the bat that spending time in the military, it kind of, I refer to it as like breaking your Richter scale. Mm. You have to go through these experiences that are so out of the norm, that are so uncomfortable in certain ways that you become desensitized to these like smaller challenges that may have felt like kind of an earthquake level event pre-military time. And post your time in the military, you have this grit, right? I know you're a Carol Dweck fan. You have this grit coming through it, which we know we need for entrepreneurship and for business. And so I think that's helped me a ton for the past seven years. But yeah, my transition from the Air Force to business was kind of an interesting one. I mean, I was the classic entrepreneurial kid selling lemonade on the on the corner oh, no. for sure, <laughs> knocking on my neighbor's doors saying, can I water your plants? Can I walk your dog? All that stuff. I've always had that entrepreneurial thing. Were your were your parents like entrepreneurs or salespeople or in the military? Like what where does where does the military piece come from and where does that entrepreneurship piece come from? Okay, so my parents were both career navy. Oh wow. And so the military came from them. I have a ton of military in my family. Yeah, my parents are total badasses. Yeah. And the entrepreneurship thing, my parents laugh because they're like, we don't know where it came from. <laughs> But, you know, it's been something I was there. I have an uncle who's an amazing entrepreneur, um, but it wasn't something that I really grew up with. I just was always attracted to the idea of, like so many people you talk to, right, creating something on your own, getting to build it, getting to build a team, getting to run your life, and... So I knew that as my time in the military was drawing to a close or I knew that I was ready for uh, to do something else, that I'd always had entrepreneurship in my back pocket. And it was really, okay, well, I know I want to start a business. Now that just small detail, Tom, of what business right? and what am I going to sell? You know, we'll just figure that out. And basically I just, I mean... I almost started a million crazy businesses, right? I, I think a lot of people who, before they start their business, they kind of almost started these other businesses. So I almost started a, yeah, a, a food truck company. Okay, that's solid. Right? Um, <laughs> Do you know a gym. how to cook? Do you know anything about food? <laughs> no. Yeah, okay. Absolutely not. <laughs> that, was, that definitely wouldn't have been great. Um, a gym that had a backwards... Uh, payment model that charged you for not going instead of for going. That's a good idea. Hey, there you go. Free ideas. <laughs> um, and a house flipping business with a friend of mine that I was going to call Flipping Awesome. <laughs> anyway, we ended up with Teak and Twine, which uh, 
these days does strategic corporate gifting. It isn't where it started, um, but right now we focus on corporate gifting, working with companies, primarily software, tech, uh, wealth management firms, and working with their sales teams, their marketing teams, and their HR teams to accomplish their goals through gifting, either through booking meetings or marketing initiatives or gifting their team. And it's an absolute blast. So I've got a few things. First of all, thank you for your service, the multiple deployments and everything for you and your family. Um, second, I, I'm curious if we can just like further examine. So you spend eight years, right, in the Air Force, three different deployments, moving all over. You call it a day, you retire, um, and you know that it, in some way, shape or form, you're, you're, you want to start a business. And you have all of these different ideas that you just mentioned that have really almost nothing in common with each other. And I actually feel like this, the business of like, you know, B2B business to business gifting is probably like in some ways the the oddest of the, of the ideas that you shared with me based on your background, you know, because you had never worked for a business. You had never been in say like a, you know, a corporate business or been in sales. Um, the gym makes a lot of sense because you, you know, spent your time in the military. So like, why did you have that idea? And why was that the one that you decided to go with? Like, walk me through like the specifics, if you can remember. Okay. Well, it took some time because you're right. That would have been a weird place to jump to right off the bat. So here's what happened. I was getting married at the time and people planning their weddings, that has to have launched thousands of businesses. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened to me. As I was planning the wedding, I saw that there were a lot of couples that were welcoming their out-of-town guests with a gift, either left at the hotel or at the wedding. And I thought that I could basically create that for brides. At the time, it was there wasn't a company that was doing it. It was kind of this last minute DIY project that either the planner or the, the couple's family was taking on. And for some reason, that idea really attracted me. Mm -hmm. I loved the packaging piece of it. I loved how thoughtful it was. I loved the mix of creative and sourcing. And so that's where it started. Six months in, one of my first clients, a bride who I'd made bridesmaid gifts for, said, hey, I don't think this is what you typically do, but I work for a Fortune 500 tech company and my company is looking for a holiday gift. Would you consider something like that? Hmm. And I said, like any person who's just started a business and gets a big order, absolutely, I'll figure it out. <laughs> right. And the project was not only 10 times bigger than any other project I'd done, it was so creative. It was so interesting. I loved that additional challenge of thinking like a marketer on behalf of this company mm. and how I could further their goals and what I could do to make that gift work for them. Mm. That project led to more corporate projects. And over time, we really, really niched down to where today we're not doing wedding gifts at all. We're completely in this other direction. Um, but that was kind of a, a slower pivot where we were really honing in on who are our favorite clients to work with? What sorts of projects do we love diving into? And, you know, a little bit of that 80-20 Pareto's principle thrown in there about how much bigger the projects were as well and more fun. So it was kind of a natural evolution and that's where we are today. Yeah, that's that's great. I feel like there's a lot of uh, listeners to the podcast that I talk to that you know a, a lot of folks are in sales, but I feel like salespeople are naturally, you know, have entrepreneurial tendencies uh, because, Definitely. you know, it's you sign yourself up to try to hit this quota. You can, you know, really 
there's no cap on the potential that you have. And a lot of them I know have, have different side hustles and things like that. And so for people that have that idea, um, you know, a product idea or whatever it might be, um, I feel like that's really helpful advice to, you know, you had that idea, you ran with it. And then like you, you also listened to what the market was telling you, right? You didn't hear that customer and say, now we just do wedding gifts, you know, like, sorry, you should go, you know, go work with someone else on that. You listen to it. And then it sounds like you really honed in on your niche, because if you think about, we're going to target every business that has customers and wants to send them a gift. Um, you know, that's everyone, right? Like at the end of the day, every business would be you a know, business to that B2B business probably wants to give gifts to their clients and they do it around the holidays or as a thank you for buying or whatever it might be. So, um, was that how you kind of did it? Like you, you went off of like referrals and then you said like, here are the types of companies we're targeting. Like, let's go after like those specifics and let's like try to dominate this, like one, as, as small of like a slice of the pie as we can get and then grow from there. Is that, am I oversimplifying it? You're exactly right. And we've niched down over time doing a super similar process to what you're describing. So first, deciding to niche down to do corporate gifting only because mm. they were our favorite projects. They were also the biggest projects. We were getting a really nice repeat customer and referral network out of yeah. them. <laughs> then you're right. Once you dive into corporate gifting, you realize, oh my goodness, this ocean is huge. We need to niche down even further. And we started noticing, okay, but which corporate projects are our favorite? Which clients bring us the most creative, interesting work? And over time, we've gotten better at refining that. And right now, we are having an absolute blast working with primarily tech software hardware companies, um, a lot of them based in San Francisco, as you can imagine, New York City as well. They have this really creative copy. They have a super clear understanding of the goals that they're trying to accomplish. Um, we've gotten to work with a company several times, this little company named uh, Gong, you may have heard of it. <laughs> and, um, you know, as you know, like, they're so creative. Their projects are so interesting. It's an absolute pleasure to work with a team like that, that it loves outside the box thinking and that we can just work together and create something that has never been done before in gifting. Mm, I love it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I can speak firsthand to the success that you know, you have as a, as a salesperson, um, I think, you know, corporate gifting has been around, I, I guess for a while. Like I remember when I first started in sales, um, I was doing kind of like what you described for the wedding thing, you know, like if someone signed on as a customer or definitely for the holidays, like I would go out and I would, you know, find a gift for everyone or, you know, handwritten letters and this and that, and which is great. Um, but it just, it took up so much time. And, you know, sending even gifts to people that you're trying to land as customers to prospects. And, you know, you have a, whatever, a coffee mug where they went to college or, you know, some sort of like personalized thing. And, um, it, it, it works. Like, first of all, just, it just helps. I think in, especially in the COVID world where, you know, I used to travel almost every week to see clients and I haven't seen a client in person since 2019. Um, and so, the, the game's different and you have to, you still need to build a relationship. You still have to build trust. And it's hard to do that on zoom. It's hard to do that on email and there's ways you can do it. But, um, yeah, I think this is, is one way to show that you have empathy to show that you care, that you're willing to go a little above and beyond that. You're not like, you know, just a commission focused salesperson. So, um, I'm, I'm all about this as just like an overall part of, you know, what can make you successful. I, I have to imagine that for you, COVID, it, maybe it was, it added complications to like the production, I'm sure. But in terms of like the, the supply and demand, you, you must have really benefited from it. No? 
we have grown a ton in the past two years, for sure, for exactly what you're talking about. Our clients are taking their in-person event, going virtual, sending a gift to increase participation, and finding that they're getting the same results from that virtual event at a fraction of the cost. They are right doing a lot of their marketing and sales initiatives. We're probably a very virtual before, now completely virtual, and they're still able to build those relationships through a combination of you know, Zoom and email and et cetera, and gifting and all these different tools that are at our disposal. And I think that to me, when I look at gifting, there's like these two layers where it operates. The first is was the most obvious to me, which is it feels good to give a gift. It's, yeah. It feels good to be grateful. It's the right thing to do. It feels good. It makes you feel good. It makes the recipient feel good. There's just a lot of positivity around gratitude. And then there's this other layer, which is the statistics. Does it work? Does it allow you to book meetings? And the great thing about it is it checks both boxes. Yes, giving a gift feels good. It makes you smile. It makes the recipient smile. And it makes you three times more likely to book the, book the meeting. And it increases deal size by 2.4x. And it makes recipients twice as likely to attend the virtual event. You don't have to pick and choose between the right thing to do and the the right thing to do, which is kind of cool. She just dropped some absolute facts on everyone, <laughs> some quantifiable numbers. I love it. Um, anecdotally, I knew that to be true, but I love, I always love hearing just like the data behind it. Yeah. And, you know, you read these statistics and you read these um studies that have been done. And you kind of think, you know, there's part of you that thinks, really? And so we as a company did kind of a totally accidental experiment last year where at one point in the year, we decided to test adding to our signature block, book a call and get a free gift. It used to just say, book a call, exact same button. We just changed the copy. And as part of the Calendly process where they were booking a meeting with us, they received a gift. And bookings went way up. And we had that in place for a few months, but we had changed a lot of things at once. You know, if you if you change too many variables at once, then you're not 100% sure that that's what it was. So it yep. could have been you know, an increased spend in this ad or this time of year, right? So we we weren't 100% sure that it was because of that incentive that we'd put in place until September hit and we thought, okay, we've got the holidays coming up. Everybody needs a gift. Do we really need to have this meeting booking incentive in place when the need is so clearly there? Mm. So we took the incentive off you already know what happened. Our Calendly bookings went way down. Two huh. weeks later, we were like, uh-oh, put it back in. And they increased by 3.5x. So wow. is that for it, like yeah. SDR, like an outbound SDR prospecting? Or what what's the like who who are the people that have the or is everyone has the link? Or Okay, so we use it in two different ways. Our inbound reps are the ones that really use that book a call and mm -hmm. get a meeting button. And then we have our uh, SDR, BDR team doing outbound. Specifically, we love ABM and account-based marketing, thinking really specific on client by client. And mm -hmm. we use the get a gift in our account-based marketing and it's really working there too. I mean, wow. one of the most exciting things we're doing this year is our account-based marketing with a gifting incentive. And we've seen some incredible traction in the past six months and can't wait to dial it up. 
And now since I have that skeptical part of my brain, you know, some of the audience might be thinking like, well, yeah, but are the meetings good? Right? Mm, yeah. That, that's what I thought. Like, right. okay, it's three times as many meetings, but are they as good? And we found two interesting things with that. One, yes, our MQL rate went down 5%. So the meetings were not quite as good. They were 5%, not as good. But when we went through line by line, client by client, the folks who didn't show to the meeting or didn't end up purchasing, a lot of them didn't grab the gift when they booked. It was almost like they were self-selecting out of the process initially. Yeah. And so our deal size went up, our lifetime relationship, uh, you know, the amount of time we work with clients went up, our repeat client went up, and that more than made up for the 5% decrease in MQL. That's so interesting. So, mm-hmm. um, okay, because that, uh, so now I've got ideas. Oh, so can you share with me We'll just like, we'll, we, we'll cut this out. We won't tell anyone. What's the gift? I need to use this. I'm going to put this into my email signature today. I want to I use it. I need some pipeline for Q1. What's the, what's the gift or have you changed the offer? The gift is still there. We actually, this ties into one of my key tips and one of my favorite things, which okay. is to offer choice when it comes mm. to gifting. So when you click book a call and get a free gift and you go to the gifting page, there's three different gifts to choose from. I don't have to try to pretend like I know what you want. Mm. I just offer three different designs and you get something that you like. And I know that's something that a lot of reps think about. Okay, I want to send a gift, but what? Do I really need to spend an hour on LinkedIn looking at you know, deep diving into this person and what they might like and what they might not like, maybe for an enterprise level client, that might be worth it. But if you're doing this, if you're really scaling this process, then just adding choice can Mm -hmm. be a fantastic way to do that. And we work with a lot of companies. We're partnered with Sendoso. We're partnered with ReachDesk. We're partnered with Postal. So they all offer this choice. We have the tech to offer the choice. And it makes you look like you hit it out of the park every single time because there's going to be something there that really appeals to the person you're sending it to. I love it. I So I had assumed, maybe I, I'm just off. I actually assumed that you like would compete with some of those folks that you just mentioned, but you just mentioned that you partner with them. Could you um, maybe just explain that for me? Absolutely. So Sendoso, ReachDesk Postal, they are the tech. And and we have some similar tech, but I think of them as like the paintbrush and we're the paint. So a huge number of our clients come straight to us, work with an account manager, and we do their ongoing send. We set up a custom portal, a branded company page, all of that. Or if you're already working with Sendoso, if you're already working with ReachDesk, Postal, Alice, Snappy, our gifts are uploaded into their platform. So you can send Teak and Twine gifts through them mm. because I know for a ton of our clients, that's already a part of their sales process, a mm-hmm. part of their marketing process. But now you have a really great gift to choose from. You know the packaging's good. You know the contents are good. And you can pick from our regular lineup in there, or you can work with the account managers at any of those companies and we'll create something custom that can still be sent through their platforms. So mm. it's a really cool partnership. It's it's really much more fun to work with them. And yeah, they've well, all was, had amazing years. Yeah, well, I was going to, one of my next questions was going to be like, you know, I've, I've had people on on the pod from Sendoso and from Postal. Um, I know some folks over at Alice. Is like, I was going to ask about the competitive space, but it, it feels like you've kind of found your, again, like the niche within the niche of like, yeah, you could buy from us direct, but we also 
you know, partner with these other companies. And so it's not a one, you know, uh, you know, us versus them necessarily, um, which I feel like is just a really great strategy. Right. We feel like we're vendor agnostic. All they are, they are all incredible, brilliant, talented groups of people. And it's awesome to work with them. We love our individual clients. We love the clients that they send us. And each platform has slightly different capabilities, which is really cool for us to watch how that works with their clients. Mm. I love the tip about um, book a meeting, send a gift. I, I have never heard that. I've, I've done a lot of sending myself and there's a lot of debate. Do you put a link in the email? Do you put even a, a Calendly link in your um, in your signature on a cold email? Does it turn people off? Is it going to hit spam? So I love hearing the stats of like how you set that up. Um, you mentioned that was one of your top tips. I'm curious, like, are there any other tips um, that you have that you see like really crush it with some of your customers or anything that's like counterintuitive like that, that, um, that you've seen really work, but just curious, anything like that? Yeah. So using that incentive is one of my tips. Offering choice is mm. another one of my tips. Yeah. Another one is to gift off cycle. And by that, I mean, not at Christmas. Mm, yeah. And listen, I'm never going to change the world. We're always going to have this huge, amazing push at Christmas, like I was talking about a few minutes ago. But I have to say, some of the most amazing campaigns that we've seen have been outside of the holiday season. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, if you send a gift on December 20th, that person is receiving 10 gifts that day. Yeah. I mean, they might not even have the bandwidth to text you a thank you because yeah. they're putting up their out of office. They're trying to get those last minute things done. They've got a stack of 20 gifts by the door of their office. But if you send a gift on National Chocolate Chip Cookie Day or <laughs> national juggling day in July, like a client of ours did two years ago, that's the coolest gift that person has gotten that month. Yeah. And without you having to beat your head against the wall and think, how can I be the funniest, the best copy, the most creative gifter in the world? Just go off cycle. Send mm. a funny gift around National Taco Day or Mardi Gras or Halloween and it automatically is going to make it more memorable. You're going to get more follow-up. You're going to drive more action from yeah. those uh, those off-season sends. And just on top of that, also like as a salesperson, just throughout the customer life cycle too, right? Like mm -hmm. I've done it as you know a way to book a meeting. I've done it. You send uh, something like the morning of the first meeting. I've done it as a way where, you know, we all know deals go go dark or they take longer than we'd like. You do one and, and it kind of resurrects things. Um, you know, you you see that they had a huge funding or a huge acquisition. Oh, here's a congrats. You know, like there's obviously once they sign, you know, thanks for being a customer. There There's a million reasons uh, to do it. I, I think, I feel like the the key is getting out of the Zoom, you know, robotic I'm going to go from call to call to call and just be a robot at my job and take a second and say, wow, I just had a great conversation with Torrance. She mentioned this, that, and the third. Like, I wonder if there's something that like, oh, maybe it would be meaningful if, if she got this. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be this huge elaborate thing either, um, but it stands out. And I, I really think that that's a key to salespeople breaking through the noise. We know how many you know, we all, we're all in competitive fields. We know how many emails and spam calls and everything that our customers are getting. And so if you are someone that can be thoughtful and seen that way, um, it just makes, it makes the world of difference. Um, so I encourage people to, you know, try new things and you don't have to just do it, you know, where it's like the safe play, like, you know, you just landed them as a customer or it's the holiday time, like definitely mix it up and, um, you know, test and, and A-B test. And if you have a great tactic, uh, hit us up. I'd love to hear it uh, so I can, you know, copy you. So um, I think there's a lot of great ways you can use it. You're absolutely right. There are so many different places in the sales cycle where gifting works. 
And at the same time, I think knowing that can make it feel kind of overwhelming because Mm -hmm. if you're not currently gifting, then you're like, okay, so I have to send it in cold outreach before the first meeting to thank them for the meeting, et cetera, et cetera. If gifting is something you want to try, I recommend starting with a handful of past clients. Mm. We know that gifting increases repeats and deal size by 2.4. We've seen that as we've used gifting with our past clients to thank them, that our repeat rate has gone up to almost one third of business being from repeat clients right now. And it's just a great place to dip your toe in the water. It doesn't need to be every past client you've ever worked with. Pick your favorite 10, send them a gift with a personalized note. Mm. And it's just a great place to start, kind of an unintimidating first step. And it works. I love it. Um, I want to talk for a minute about, um, you know, being a female founder and being, you know, starting a company, you mentioned, um, what'd you call it? Worktopia earlier. Am I getting the term right? That's the Um, goal. (laughs) And and I love that. I'm curious, you know, how, you know, as, you know, female founder, a mother, um, you're scaling up the team. Um, like what ways, um, I think you mentioned before the show, like, you know, your passion about making it a great place for, for women to work and to feel empowered. So I'd, I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about kind of like what your philosophy is around that too. Sure. I love talking about this because I think it's so important and it really just makes business so much more fun. Yeah. To me, it's pretty easy. I start with what I would want. And one of the things that was really important to me is I don't like having to come in at a very specific time. Mm -hmm. And I loved my time in the military, but work started at 7.30. And if you came in at 7.32, not okay. I think we all know that about the military movies we've watched, right? And that was something that I was happy to leave behind. We don't have a start time and we don't have an end time because I know that sometimes my kids get dressed in the morning like two little angels and sometimes they act like their pants are made out of battery acid (laughs) and it's just going to be a different kind of day. And so because I want that, I make it a rule for everyone. Mm. And that's a really great place to start is – Treat everyone the way you want to be treated, right? We, we all talk about that. But also, I don't know everything. And so having that continuous conversation with my team about how can we lean into Worktopia? So um, we are fans of the Entrepreneurial Operating System, EOS. Um, it's kind of a framework for running a small business. And Part of that is a quarterly meeting where we ask ourselves the same questions every quarter, set our goals, et cetera. And one of the things we talk about every quarter is Worktopia. Where are we at? What are we initiating? What ideas does anyone have to present? Some ideas that we're trying out this year are a week off in June, July, and August. Hmm. Um getting to work from another country for a week. So these are all ideas that my team has brought and we don't implement every single idea that comes in, but you kind of, you can start with you and then make sure to ask them as well. And one of the things that's always been super important for me is to make sure that this is a great place for working moms well, it helps that I'm a working mom and and yeah. I know that I want to be able to do both, that I want to be home for dinner, that I want to take my kids to school in the morning, and that I want to have a super fulfilling, ambitious, challenging work life. And I have to say one of the most amazing, I mean, you can tell I'm just like getting so pumped right now. <laughs> one of the coolest parts of this is being able to bring that to other women. And you know what? We've got a dad too. And I know he wants to have dinner with his kids too. Everybody wants that. 
And it's been really cool to be able to do that. And certainly my time in the military has grown um, grown my leadership skills for sure and really helped me as a founder, maybe as a female founder, but really just as a leader of this awesome team of people. Yeah, I love that. Um, my mom was a working mom growing up. She was in sales. Now she's she's still getting after it, and she's uh, you know marketing at a at a small startup, and like you know has been very inspirational to me. My fiance is a twice as good of a salesperson as I am, uh, and like you know I, I I think that's that's really important to a lot of people, um, and and a lot of you know saleswomen that I work with and that I talk to like. I want to dream big, but I also want to like have dinner with the kids or I want to help, you know, take them to school and for, you know, for dads too. But I just think that's, you know, especially with women, I think is, is important because especially in sales that just, that hasn't been the culture, uh, especially in tech, uh, for the most part. And so I think seeing more and more people trying to make that, you know, more as, as part of the culture, part of the worktopia is, is great. And so I wanted to just, you know, help to elevate that message, um, a little bit. Um, I'd love to, I know we're getting a little short on time. I'd love to hit you with a couple rapid fires before I let you go. Okay. I will answer quickly. (laughs) Um, we're big learners on this podcast. If you are uh, a reader, are there any books that have, you know, heavily impacted you could be any genre. Um, but either something you're, you're reading now or, or something that has impacted you throughout your life. So right now I'm reading a parenting book called Hunt, Gather, Parent, and I absolutely loved it. Um, One of my favorite business books I've read, obviously Traction was huge. It got me into the entrepreneurial operating system, EOS. Mm. Um, So that one really helped me. Um, Made to Stick, I think, uh, was really is a really great foundational kind of marketing book. And I mean, anything Seth Godin has ever written, you cannot go wrong with that guy. Just throw a dart and grab any of his books (laughs) and you're going to learn something great. Um, I know you've mentioned mindset on this podcast before, and I think it's a great one. As a business owner and as a parent, you're kind of getting a a twofer with that book. Absolutely. Um, I think that that book can help you in work, family, health, what you know, in pretty much anything. Um, I love that. I saw on your site you are a self-proclaimed podcast junkie. Um, any podcast, they don't have to be. They could be business or sales related. They could be really anything. But just curious, like, what are you? What's popping off in the headphones nowadays? Perfect. I love Gretchen Rubin's Happier podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's an author and a podcaster. All of her books are fantastic as well. Um, I love the DGMG podcast. I've mm. learned a lot about uh, B2B SaaS marketing from that podcast and his guests. And I usually start my day with Up First from NPR. Nice. How about music-wise, what goes on on Spotify for you or Apple Music or wherever you're in the car, wherever you're listening? I love Florence and the Machine, and I hope that they release something new because it's really uh, older stuff. If I need something chill in the background while I'm working, I like Ben Howard. Um, He's kind of like a a surfer Mm -hmm. uh, type musician. and sometimes I'll just put on classical music, especially while the kids are around. It just feels like it takes maybe a frantic energy, just brings it down a couple notches. Sometimes you need that. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. All right. Last question for you, Torrance. Who would you like to see come on next for the Millennial Sales Podcast? I would try to get Kyle Lacey on here. Mm. He is the CMO of what used to be called Lessonly. Yeah. And is now, I believe, seismic. Yeah. I've talked and, to him. Uh, or I follow him. He's got great stuff. That he puts oh, he's LinkedIn so good on LinkedIn. Yeah. And sometimes I will just search his name in podcasts <laughs> and just go through hit by hit. I always learn so much whenever he's talking. Shout out to Kyle. 
I talked to Kyle one time, and it just is this is random, but he actually lives like a couple streets away from my mom in Indianapolis, which is very uh-huh. bizarre and random. So there's your fun Kyle Lacey fact of the day. Um, I love it. Hey, put that in your uh, cold intro email to him, and, and a uh, and get him on the booking link. <laughs> Perfect. Send him a free <laughs> gift if he comes on. Yeah, exactly. Um, Torrance, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, this was a great conversation. I'm actually quite upset that it's almost to the hour. Uh, I felt like we could have gone for a little longer, but um, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, before we let you go, could you just share a little bit about the best place for folks to reach out to you, to learn more about Teak and Twine, anything that you have you know, coming up, anything like that? Absolutely. Thanks for the opportunity. It was awesome chatting with you. And thank you so much for this platform that you provide as someone who's dabbled in coaching courses, just like that general field of teaching, it's hard what you're doing, but it's so valuable and it's so worth it. I know it's helping so many people. And so thank you so much for having these conversations on LinkedIn and on this podcast and on your blog. And I'm excited to see all of your listeners just kill it in sales. So <laughs> I appreciate that. Absolutely. You can learn um, more about Teak and Twine, of course, at Teak Like the Wood and Twine Like the String.com. And we've got memes for days on LinkedIn. So, hey, say hi to Molly on LinkedIn and uh, follow and chat with us there. Book a call, get a free gift. <laughs> I love it. Torrance, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. Thanks for checking out that episode. Start of the year. Let's kick some ass. Again, one of my goals for this show is to get as many subscribers uh, wherever you're listening here uh, on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, et cetera. Subscribe, leave a review, and then hit me up on uh, LinkedIn, Tom Alemo, uh, or any of my other socials at Tommy Tahoe. Look forward to connecting with you there. Peace.